My Euro Diary, your daily guide to Euro 2020. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from and get it delivered every day to your inbox. And get involved in the show using our Twitter feed and our email address, which you can find in the description of the podcast. My Euro Diary, your daily Euro 2020 guide. Ooh, you know what time it is? It is time for another episode of my Euro Diary podcast every single day. that There is an action from the Euros. I'll be here covering it on this podcast, this very podcast that you're listening to right now. Today, we've got so much coming up because we're seeing the end of two groups. Sad, isn't it? I mean, I'm quite sad. I like the group stage. It's actually probably my favourite bit for just testing out the teams. I quite like that bit. However, the knockout stages for quality is obviously better, but I do like to check out the teams. I like to sort of sense the underdogs, sense the big hitters. And we've managed to do that throughout this group station on this podcast. In fact, if you've missed an episode, they're all fairly relevant, to be honest. So if you want to go and listen to them, especially last night's, because last night's was sort of a summary of Group A and what we can expect from teams in the future and, you know, where do the teams there go from there. So if, you know, if you want to listen to the last episode, I'm sure if you just work your way around your podcast provider, it will send you the episode or something or download it or something along those lines. But today we're going through the end of Group C, which I've just watched, and I've just watched one of those games, which I nearly fell asleep during. And I have to confess, I didn't, but I did nearly fall asleep because it was boring me. Um, and then we're going to check out the end of Group D as uh, Group B, sorry, as well. We're looking at the Belgians, we're looking at Finland, we're looking at Russia, we're looking at Denmark, we're looking at the Netherlands, we're looking at Ukraine, we're looking at Austria, and we're looking at North Macedonia today. So if you're a fan of that team, stick around because your team, your country is going to be mentioned throughout this episode. I'm going to talk about where your team's got to go next and who you'll be facing in the last 16, should your country make it, because there's a few who aren't. Well, if you're new around here, make sure you're subscribed on your podcast platform, getting in uh, your, your your suggestions and whatever via eurodiarypod at gmail.com or just give me a message on Twitter at LouisBent underscore. Give me a follow there as well. That'd be nice too. But yeah, without further ado, let's get straight into this episode of my Euro Diary. So let's dive straight in with Group C, which we've now seen the conclusion of. Which is a shame because I did actually quite like that group as well. It brought me two of my most favourite clashes of the tournament so far and still remain my favourite clashes actually joint alongside the the Turkey game, sorry, not the Turkey game, because keep thinking of bloody Turkey, they're doing my head in. And then Germany and Portugal is what I mean. But I saw Macedonia-Austria, which was a really good clash. And then also uh, the Netherlands against Ukraine. The first time around, I thought that was a very good game. But yeah, today's action saw the Netherlands run away 3-0 victors with Gini Wijnaldum, a fantastic, fantastic footballer, getting two goals for the Netherlands. He really is driving that team forward, just solely on his own, really. Um, but Memphis Depay playing a part as well. Nearly got the score completely correct for this one as well. I predicted 2-0 with a Memphis Depay first goal scorer. I got my Memphis Depay t- uh, first goal scorer. Then I got my 2-0. And then I got a goal at the end from Wijnaldum in the 58th minute, which led to me <laughs> not getting my score correct. But I'll, I'll digress and I'll move on. I'll get over it. But in terms of Netherlands, everybody expected them to struggle throughout this group stage. I actually thought they might go out um, because I thought Frank de Burt you know he's you know he's he's not a good great manager as far as I'm aware but he's starting to prove people wrong in that sort of respect and I'm sure people will start to pander to him a bit more now uh, he's managed to get them through the group stage unbeaten most goals scored at the tournament as well with eight so far um and they'll be really pleased with how they've managed to get out of the group and winning all three games only the uh you know could be the, the now the second team to do that after Italy in the in group A but 
The Netherlands, they play some attractive football. They really hit on the break today. Donjan Marlin, who I thought was fantastic today and deserved a lot of praise for his performance, started up front, given the chance from uh, Frank de Boer, who which I'm sure he'll have been very grateful for. And by rights, he, he, he did proud with it, really. I thought he was very good, and I thought he he was very good on the counter, provided them a lot of pace. I think Depay does provide them pace, but I think Donjan Marlin provides them real, real raw pace. So therefore, I think he could be... Uh, a worth a look at, to be quite honest, um, for for Premier League teams. I think wasn't he released from Arsenal quite young as well, Daniel Marlon. So I feel like that's one to keep an eye out for because I feel like he could be, you know, one of those players that could end up doing quite well in his career. And I think on the counter he gave him a different edge today rather than playing Veghors. Although I do think he's a good striker, I'm not convinced of his his style and you know perhaps his aestheticness in in some of the games that they'll have wanted to win. But the three at the back didn't really work in that first half against Austria. Um, they stuck. They they stuck with it during the uh, Ukraine game until um, you know until they had some substitutions. But I feel like there's still plenty of room for improvement for Netherlands. I feel like we haven't quite seen them tested, and I think the real test is going to come in this last 16. Maybe not in the last 16 because they, as we'll talk about in a little bit, they have got a bit of a nice draw to go on. So they are a bit lucky in that sense. However, you feel like Netherlands have got a little 10% more in them that we haven't quite seen yet. But is that 10% enough to then drive them past, uh, you know, past um, past other teams in the tournament that are just potentially as good? Um, but yeah, I thought Netherlands were very good, and I thought they worked really hard. And but they. They don't have to work necessarily very hard because their ability does above put them above quite a lot of teams in this group. But they work really hard. And Daniel Marlon, I'm going to say it again, he gave them the edge on the counter, gave them something a different dynamic which they wouldn't normally have with somebody like Veghorst. And they should be really pleased with their performance in, in that particular game. Uh, North Macedonia, commiserations for them. The uh, I think they're the lowest ranked side to, to feature at a European Championships. And I feel bad for them, 62nd in the world. But... They, they tried hard and they bought some flair and their fans are awesome, but just wasn't to be today or at any game really for for North Macedonia. However, there are some good players in there. Ristovski playing right back for uh, Dynamo Zagreb at the moment, formerly of Sporting Lisbon, I thought had a good game and has had good games throughout the tournament. Same with Trushkovsky. I feel like there's something in there. And then Eljev Almas, who I think is a good player, played really well in the Ukraine game. I think there should be people slip, sniffing around him, to be quite honest, the Napoli midfielder, who's had, who does, good, does a good job for Napoli, to be honest, as far as I'm concerned. But unfortunately not to be for them, they are bottom of the group, North Macedonia, Holland finishing top, or Netherlands, I should say. And then we'll talk about Austria, Ukraine right now. I thought this was the most boring, one of the most boring games of the tournament. That's the second time I've been bored by a game. I know, was it Ukraine that I was bored with? I think it was. It was Ukraine, North Macedonia that I think bored the hell out of me the first time. But yeah, that was a poor, poor game of football, really, between Ukraine and Austria. Austria and Ukraine, fairly, fairly um, even. But however, it was um, it was Austria who really gave gave had the edge over their opponents. It was uh, Baumgartner who scored from a corner, just came and tapped it in from an Alaba cross. Who was sort of playing left back today. It was kind of hard to tell, to be honest. They they do have a very fluid system, Austria. But I thought they looked really unprepared in their first couple of games, Austria. I mean, I know they won against North Macedonia, but the one against uh, the Netherlands, I thought they really did look unprepared. However, in this particular game, they've really come through and they've really shown what they're capable of. And there are players in that team, aren't out of it, shocking finish, you know, I do have to say. But somebody like Marcel Savica and, and Florian Grilich, who I thought was really good today, worked his socks off. 
very, very good engine in the field. There's plenty of players here that are really opening the Premier League eye and, and to other to other nations as well, I think. Hinterega, who he just looks like a, such a funny, funny-looking man, but he is a really good footballer and a very good centre-back. Um, and Austria, uh, worth, worth the win today, I think, just about. But there were times where they did look a bit on edge and they finished with six points, and that's the first time I think they've qualified for a, a last 16 at a major tournament since 1954. I'm really dropping the stats on your faces at the moment, aren't I? But uh, they were very good, and they did work very, they did work very well. And I thought they were they worked their socks off, to be quite honest. And they deserve a lot of credit for the way they played throughout the group stage. They've been effective with their effective football. Only lost coming against Netherlands, and they'll be pleased that they've managed to beat teams. Is it the, the win against Ukraine today? I think was was a pretty big stepping stone for them because. For me, Ukraine should have finished second and they were the second best side in the group uh, for large parts of it. Um, but they, they didn't quite make it through. Melanovsky, surprised he took, surprised the manager, um, the manager Andrei Shevchenko, bought Melanovsky off at halftime because I thought Melanovsky, he is a very good player and he's one of their star players. Yes, he had a shocking first half, misplaced passes, all sorts. Um, passes going astray, uh, <laughs> just genuine, just general uh, disability to make the, make, uh, inability, sorry, not disability, to make the ball tick in the final third. But still, I didn't want to ball him off at half time. Um, Roman Yaremchuk, oh, I still think he's a good player, and I still think teams will be sniffing around him. Didn't quite have the game that he's been having uh, recently. And um, same with Andrei Yamalenko. Even Alexander Zinchenko was for me was pretty pretty ineffective in the midfield. kept kept things moving, but didn't quite provide a cutting edge. And Mikhail Shaparenko can be stuck into that bracket as well. Sorry, Mikolai, but you, you you are being stuck into that bracket. But in the end, it's Austria who advance. Ukraine, it's going to be difficult for them now because of that minus one goal difference. They could have really done with a point out of today's game. But in the end, it wasn't to be. They've ended it with minus one goal difference, which could see them through. You just don't know. Have they already? They haven't bettered um, Switzerland in third place either. So... That's already one one third place side that's better than them, but we'll obviously see how that goes, and obviously I'll be able to provide you, provide you a bit more of an update with how how things are going in in the other groups. But let's just check out my predictions and check out how they did in terms of this particular group. Obviously, this group contained Ukraine, Macedonia, Austria, Netherlands, and it's finished. Netherlands, uh, Austria, Macedonia, uh, Austria, Ukraine, and then Macedonia at bottom. So. I don't think I was too far away. I'm just trying to sort of recollect my thoughts and work out whereabouts I was in terms of my predictions. But we'll go straight into this and, and start to see what um, what the predictions were because we like to get things right. And I, although I have, haven't got quite all my predictions in match-worthy right today, I think I've done okay with those ones. But I thought this was going to be a really interesting group going into the tournament. You've got the Netherlands, who I thought were front-runners and they ended up being, but... I still think that they would. I still thought they'd suffer a shock at some point. I thought it'd be Ukraine, to be honest, dude, who'd cause a, a cause a bit of a shock. But we got teams like Ukraine, who who are dark horses. But and I did say watch out for Mikolai Shaparenko. I hope we do get to see more of Ukraine because I do think that they'll end up in. Um, I do think they'll end up in the last sixteen. But I'm still a bit concerned about that goal difference. I think that there's potential to be to to have that ruined. Um, North Macedonia came into the tournament and they were real underdogs but I'm still pleased with what they've managed to do at the tournament I think they deserve an immense amount of credit Elmas I think is going to earn a move and my predictions went let's get we'll get to cut to the chase here do you know what I put I was absolutely spot on yes get in Netherlands tops Austria second Ukraine third North Macedonia fourth and I was absolutely spot on we'll say no more about it 
and we'll go straight into Group B when I've watched them, and we'll say the outcome of that when we're finished. Let's go. So onto a bit of well, I say I say onto a bit of Group B action. I've just come away and from watching the Belgium and Finland game, and I realised that I actually forgot to tell you where North Mas where not North Macedonia, where Netherlands are playing next week. So, well, in the next knockout round, and we'll go through that in in due course. I think I think that's. Only fair, but we'll go straight in and check out the Belgium game and also the fantastic win from Denmark, inspired victory. I'm also going to call it uh, in Group B today. So we, we I watched Belgium and Finland, who I thought Belgium and well, firstly I'll say I'll talk about Finland, who aren't quite leaving us, but could well be at the moment. They are within the best four third place sides at the tournament, so that for them is going to potentially be a very good deal for them of course they the, the best four third place sides will go through and at the moment they are part of them at the moment currently i think just about they are they are, they are one of the four teams on three points or more in third place so unless if croatia and scotland draw if spain oh, i think if poland oh, still I, th I don't think they can go through really finland can they I think it's going to be very difficult anyway. But Finland defended very well for large parts of the game. Of course, Romelu Lukaku, well, I say Romelu Lukaku opened the scoring. It was offside first, but then it was uh, the young man that is Lucas Hiradeki who made the own goal. And it was a good strike from, I can't remember who actually hit the ball, but oh no, it's Thomas Marlon Header, wasn't it? And it came off, came back to Hiradeki who just palmed the ball upwards and it hit the post and went back in after into the goal. So I do feel a bit bad for, for Ratiki. But Finland, they defended resolutely and I don't think it's actually possible for them to get through. So it's a shame for them because they did work really hard and they work, They are a good team. And they are very, very hard working. Their win on the first day, I mean, although it would be overshadowed by Ericsson and rightly so to make more people aware of what can happen on a football pitch. But yeah, I think you'd be a bit upset if you were... Um, You'd be a little bit upset if you were Finland because you've just had that one moment and you haven't quite finished it. But yeah, I think they, they are a good side. And Finland, they do work really hard, but they just don't have that inevitable quality in the final third. And I think that is probably right, to, to be quite honest. Finland, I suppose I, don't, I suppose they can still get through, but I don't think it's particularly likely, to be honest. Um, obviously, it was... It's, yeah. Um... But Denmark are now in second place, of course, after that, their win against uh, Russia. Uh, very, very emotional scenes uh, late on at Copenhagen. I thought, you know, the it, you know, the Danish, the, there wasn't very much Danish happiness about a week ago when Eriksen had that cardiac arrest, but now the, the, the streets are really lit up and it's fantastic to see. Um, I think it's just worked really well for them in the end and I think they've they've done the right thing. Um, but Belgium, they won Group C and they, they've been the best side throughout it. They, I didn't think they'd win all three. I thought they'd potentially draw against Denmark. But Denmark, have they they snuck into second place as well, which is actually where I predicted each team to finish in this particular group. So go me. I've actually got something right again. That's Group B and Group C I've predicted correctly. However, there's still half the groups left. So, um, But in terms of Belgium, I just think they're a very quality side, but they're doing it quite quietly. They haven't had any real astounding victories. I suppose the 3-0s for Italy have been the real ones, but you know, Belgium against Denmark, they, they looked 
pretty ropey for throughout that first half until they brought on De Bruyne. But that's just a quality that he has. You know, Roberto Martinez in his inventory, he has that De Bruyne quality, and that's something that he's always got for him now. He's always got that, you know, that that inevitable change with De Bruyne coming on, which allows them to free up more creativity. And on that counter attack, they look deadly. Let's be fair; they defend quite deep. Then they get De Bruyne surging with the ball forward and that's just the quality he brings to the game and he is a very good player Hazard I thought looked a lot better today I'll be giving him his credit and so did young Jeremy Doku 19 years old playing for Wren at the moment looked very good when getting him behind the finished event the only thing that was really missing was a bit of end product however he looked really sharp on the ball wanted to take on his opponent sometimes I think he overdid it sometimes with his tricks and flicks and, and step overs and stuff like that where I think he at times he was a bit more simple and it worked more effectively or he just knocks the ball past the opponent and he's just gone. He's just gone. He's got the pace to do it. But sometimes I think his tricks and flicks perhaps made it a bit overcomplicated and perhaps that's why perhaps he didn't get as much uh, end products as perhaps he could have. But I think for most of that game, I think he looked absolutely quality and the way he moves past his opponent, the speed, and he's perfect for that Belgium counter-attack. Start him next game. Why not? I think he looked really good. And then we look at players like... Um, Thomas van Marlen still playing for Vissel Kerb in the Japanese J-League, which I think is just amazing, don't you think? You know, you're getting picked to play at the Euros and World Cup for Belgium at 35 when you're playing in Japanese football. you played every game at the Euros so far. Yeah, you'd be buzzing with that, to be honest, uh, Thomas van Marlen. Um, but yeah, Belgium, right, right for winners. Finland can get through, but can't sort of get through, I don't think. I think it's going to be very, very difficult, to be quite honest. And they will struggle, I think. I'm a bit concerned for them. However, I think they've kind of got the credentials to do so. But you look at the, you know, you look at um, Spain and Poland. If they get a draw, then that's that's curtains for them as well. well I suppose if Sweden, yeah, I suppose they can still go through. If Poland win that, win if Poland beats Slovakia by a few goals. Oh no, I suppose if Sweden win, it's no wait. If Slovakia, if if Poland beats Sweden. Or Sweden beat Poland, so a win either either way there. And then if Slovakia lose quite heavily to Spain, I suppose they could they could end up going into third place, uh, one of the better third place sides. But that still depends on what goes on in Group D and also Group F. Because if Portugal pick up or Portugal or Germany pick up points, or even uh, Croatia or Scotland pick up any points whatsoever and finish top, then could all go to pot. Finland but I do like Finland and I do think they deserve a nice little spot in the last 16 I like their journey and I like the way they come from however I don't think they will get through but uh, th the same can be said for Denmark who I think did really well to get through pushed through a very difficult time with Christian Eriksen and they'll be very proud of themselves I got my first goal scorer right today with Mikkel Damsgaard getting the first goal and I'm very pleased with that uh, very very pleased with that in fact I'm actually over the moon that I've managed to get that so I did manage to get Damsgaard as my first goal scorer I didn't even think he'd start today but I saw the way he's moving the ball against um, against Belgium and he looked quality so I thought I'd get him in but Pierre-Emil Hoiberg is very good as well um, a very good goal from Atris Christensen what a power driver beautiful strike drilled up into that corner and he was very very good today um, Atris Christensen so is that back three Vestergaard Kjær Christensen and then you think that you're actually leaving Joachim Anderson on the bench, who I think has been one of the best centre-halves in the Premier League this season. And people might laugh at me for saying that, but I genuinely think I genuinely think he's been really good. 
let's have a look at how my predictions as in match by match got on today because I don't think we've been through that yet. I've been through my re my predictions. I write on both Group C and Group uh, B. So yeah, don't I, I might just be a football expert after all. But match day three oh, looked so beautiful at the start of the. Denmark Russia game where I got one I predicted one nil with Damsgaard being the first goal scorer. I have got six points because I predicted the correct way scoreline, so I predicted Denmark to win and then Damsgaard was my first goal scorer. Belgium, first team to score was Belgium and they won two nil. I thought they were going to win one nil. I thought De Bruyne was going to be the first player to score. I thought he'd start, but he didn't. Then two nil from Netherlands, seven points, and then one point. Um, for Ukraine, Austria, which I predicted incorrectly, unfortunately. It looked so beautiful before that, but unfortunately not to be. So, yes, that is what I got in those. And let's go ahead to tomorrow's action because we've got, we got quite a few games. Well, I say that, I don't even think we've got, we've got a full package of games. I think we've just got a couple. Uh, all of them being in Group D, I think, as well. So let's have a look. We've got, yes, we've got Croatia, Scotland, which I've gone for. A 1-0 win for Scotland, and I think Che Adams is going to score the only goal of the game in that particular one. Then, we've got Czech Republic versus England, which I think is going to be a... 0-0 draw. 0-0 draw. Sorry. 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 Just can't see England scoring. I think, they, I think we're really bad. If you would like to read my England... Um, pieces that I write for Playmaker Stats, which is a website, where every basically every time there's a game, I can... I provide a little piece for them, and I talk about the game, and I talk about what they, what the game, how the game went for, for England, and you know my thoughts on the game and whatnot. Then you know feel free to head over to their website. I'll link, put, leave a little link in the description so that you can get involved if that's what you, that what you fancy. Because you know I feel like letting you in, and I feel like you know giving you nice, nice something to listen to or, or read. So if you, you've got your podcast here, but if you want to go and hear my thoughts after every England game, I, I think it's called the. Um, Three Lions Chronicles. So if you want to go and check that out, feel free, and it'll be in the link in the description. However, with my predictions aside, uh, I'm very pleased with the get with the games today, and hopefully we can go on and get some good thrillers in tomorrow. Uh, is it actually coming home? No, not at the moment, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, so we'll be going straight in with those next time. So without further ado, we'll see you in the next podcast. Make sure you subscribe and check out the England piece if you'd like to. Uh, the both pieces actually, I'll put them both in the description. But thank you very much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.